0: Hello, everyone. It's Joyce Davis, Live's Opinion Editor again, and we have another full slate of topics to talk about on today's Battleground PA. So get your seatbelts ready because it's going to be a pretty rough ride with everything we're going to be talking about today. So hang in there. Rajette Harris representing the Democrats and Jeffrey Lord representing the Republicans and I will be right back.
1: This is Battleground VA, a pen live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections.
0: Okay, we are back. And if you would like to join us, you certainly can do so at Twitter at Battleground PA or at Facebook at Battleground PA. And of course, we welcome your comments and questions at topics at BattlegroundPA.org. That's an email. So why don't we get started? There is one bit of good news I want to say before I welcome in Rajette and uh, Jeffrey. We are going to continue our conversations on Facebook Live to let you guys chime in. We know you want to have some opinions real time sometimes. So we are going to begin doing Facebook Live Battleground PAs. And the next one will be on Thursday at 5 p.m. on Penn Live's Facebook page. So it'll be a Battleground PA Live. And we invite you to join us. We will keep you posted on when the next will be, but we think this will be a regular thing. So hello, Rajette. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you guys doing? Hello, President
2: everyone.
0: Of All right. Very good to have you guys here. I hope you're revved up and ready to go because Look, again, I mean, I sound like a broken record. We've got a lot to talk about, but we really do. Let's start. Why, 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 Jeffrey, is the president's campaign challenging mailing ballots? We need mailing ballots. What is that about? Do they really think there's fraud and bad stuff happening?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would call your attention to what's been going on over there in New Jersey. Fraud ch- charges, piles of ballots were thrown out, mail-in ballots, they went, 100% mail-in ballot. Now we've got the uh, New Jersey Attorney General, a Democrat, I might add, has got four men accused of committing fraud in Patterson, New Jersey, entirely vote-by-mail. There were something like 150,000 people in the city. They had claims that disqualified about 800 ballots. There were a group of them that were bundled and placed into a mailbox. Another 1,000 were rejected because of the person who dropped them off, didn't correctly fill out things. I mean, it's a mess.
0: I hear you. Let's hear what, uh, I mean, the Democrats, from what I've read, will hear what what, uh, Roger is to say, say this is just a chance, an opportunity to try to suppress the vote. I mean, New Jersey is not Pennsylvania, but what do you say, Roger?
3: It's just another distraction. Republicans have actually in the past been very good at absentee balloting, mail-in voting. Let's look at the military that votes overseas. Those votes usually overwhelmingly go for Republicans. You know, as Chris Christie and a row and a few other Republicans said this week, you know, right now the president is losing. And I honestly think that this is a plan that he's starting now in in people's minds that if he loses on November 3rd, which I honestly believe if the election was held today, he would, that it was rigged. We all know how he is. He's the best. He wins everything. He never loses. So if he loses, it, it must be because someone cheated. Yeah. So I really think this is a plan that he's started to implant in people's heads. So when he well, loses, uh, he can say it's because they cheated the mail-in voting, just, which is uh, just ridiculous.
2: Let's just recall that we've spent the last four years with Democrats saying the president cheated, that he used Russia to win the election. They're the ones that have been doing this, not us.
3: Well, actually, that was the United States intelligence that said that Russia interfered. With the election. Democrats just believe the intelligence, whereas Republicans don't want to.
1: I would also like to to remind
3: everyone as well that remember, Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote, and that is a valid argument whether or not the popular vote should decide who wins elections or if we keep the Electoral College, which we have now.
2: Hillary did not win the popular vote in Pennsylvania. In
0: Pennsylvania, okay. Well, but the issue is here, too, is that, I mean, we really do have to figure out a way to get the mail-in voting right. We're still in the middle of a pandemic where there are still people who are vulnerable but still would like their But I voted by mail, and I'm glad, and I will vote by mail from here on out until there's a vaccine. And in the past, as Sincere Harris, the state's Democratic executive director, noted, it, this whole vote by mail was a bipartisan proposal passed by the Republican majorities at the Capitol. So this was also a Republican decision. I mean, but suddenly they're moving against it because of the president. Well, I, I think we're going to... could it be yeah.
3: because more Democrats voted than Republicans did in this primary and therefore, Pennsylvania state that the president needs to win again. Again, if the election was held then, Vice President Joe Biden would have won. Every time he loses, there's a reason why. Someone's cheating, someone's stuffing ballots. There's just always an excuse, and it's just not going to work this time.
0: Well, well let's, let's move on. There's
2: I, actual I, voter fraud in New Jersey being prosecuted by the Democratic I, Attorney General. So there you go. But,
0: but I know, Jeffrey, but what's happening in Pennsylvania? I I hear New Jersey, that's another state. We're talking Pennsylvania, are there really, do you guys have solid grounds that there was something wrong in Pennsylvania?
2: Well, no, it's just that I think that it can happen and God forbid that we don't have an overwhelming victory by one or the other candidate. The minute the election victory is declared for whomever and there are ballots disputes, we're gonna have a problem. Okay, Okay, you
3: you don't have lawsuits based on what could happen I mean, I could grow another foot. We don't know.
2: That's, that's Actually, a good That question. only happens on Thursdays <laughs> in odd-numbered years. I would
0: not want to see that. But okay, let's move on, guys. Let's move on. I do want to give a little thought here, a little discussion to the Supreme Court, because there's been some shockers. First of all, you know, two of them I would say were at on the other side of the conservative agenda, but one I think fits the what what President Trump would want. The two. That were shockers was the Supreme Court decision on the Louisiana abortion moves, law moves. And then the, the other one was on the funding for religious schools. That was pretty much a shocker as well. And then, of course, the LGBT issue that that, no, they can't be discriminated against. I mean, these things, what's going on with the Supreme Court? Are you guys not happy about what they're doing, Jeffrey? (laughs) I mean,
2: (laughs) oh, man, I I can tell you when I worked in the White House, I worked on and I'm not a lawyer. I really got into this. I, I worked on five different Reagan Supreme Court nominations, including the infamous Robert Bork battle. And then later on in life in the Bush 43 administration, my best friend, who was a sitting judge, a Reagan appointee, was appointed to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals and got into one of these battles. And I jumped in. I wrote a book about it called The Borking Rebellion. I can only tell you that the federal judiciary, it really bugs me. You've got a lot of people on these benches that think it's their job to make it up as they go along and legislate. And that isn't the job of the judge. The judge is supposed to tell you what the law is. And the practical effect of this, and I think abortion is is exhibit A, the fact that this was, quote unquote, decided by Roe v. Wade instead of by the American people at the polls is why, after all these decades, this is still a hot button issue and very divisive. It shouldn't be that way.
0: Well, the the interesting thing here is that the chief justice, who is considered to be a conservative, yeah. John Roberts, has cited, and and he's pretty experienced, supposedly was a darling of the conservatives, but he's cited, at least in these first two cases, the one that basically protected LGBT people from employment discrimination, and the other one that basically said Louisiana gone too far in trying to restrict abortion. Those two have been conservative issues. I mean— uh, all right, I'm sure the Democrats are relieved, right, Rogette?
3: Well, the abortion issue with Louisiana, I, it was definitely, you know, a victory for women's productive rights, for abortion rights. But we have to remember when uh, Chief Justice Roberts had his hearing, he did say that Roe v. Wade was already decided. Now, in previous cases, he did vote the opposite way. And as we all know, this isn't going to end the abortion debate And so we'll have to see how he and others rule as we move forward. But I think it shows just how important this year's elections are, because whoever wins probably will appoint at least one, if not two more Supreme Court justices. And a lot of these issues are decided right on the line. Now, the um, LGBT rights bill, that one was very interesting to me because one of President Trump's appointees voted with the liberal judges on that. So it also shows that as a judge you should take the politics out of these decisions and not necessarily vote based on the way the person that points you votes. Now the uh, school funding bill, I myself went to a Catholic school, but I actually disagree with that decision because even though a lot of these religious schools receive funding, they don't have to abide by the same procedures, policies and guidelines that public schools do. So I do think that if these schools are going to receive funding, then their teachers and their sco- those schools should have to abide by the same policies, procedures, and guidelines that public schools do. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens to that as we move forward.
0: Which basically means not to discriminate if, if someone isn't of the same religion or something they need to be following the same kinds of rules that public schools would follow if they're getting tax dollars. You agree with that, Jeffrey, or you're,
2: you're at odds? Well, or- I, I- I agree with the Chief Justice here that, you know, I think he said, I have this in front of me, I'm quoting here, a state need not subsidize private education, but once a state decides to do so, it can't disqualify some private schools solely because they're religious, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, well let me just say, we're, we're going to end this, but I will say one thing I've noticed. I think, uh, Rajette, you've kind of come down agreeing with the Vice President on this one, because he also says... All of this underscores the importance of elections. So we once again have found common ground. So let me break here. I will come back and then we'll turn to another tough issue. What is going on with Russia and the, the White House? So stay tuned. We will be right back. Okay, we are back. And if you'd like to join us, once again, let me remind you, you can check us out at Twitter at Battleground PA or at Facebook on Battleground PA. And you can send us a message, an email at topics at BattlegroundPA.org. So let's turn our attention to international, to the globe. Jeffrey, it's a little disturbing that the president may have or may not have received briefings about Russia. Targeting and paying a bounty to Taliban to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan, and I think Penn Live actually had a story about two Pennsylvania youth that may have been targeted by this. What is that about? does the pres- would the- Does the president not get briefings from on, on important issues like this? Can well, we you have to,
2: well, what you have to do is make sure that the information is credible and accurate. And I would point you to the Bush administration. Do we all remember weapons of mass destruction? And the president was told and told Americans that Saddam Hussein, according to American intelligence, had weapons of mass destruction. And therefore, he was invading Iraq. He invaded Iraq, got there, and oops, no weapons of mass yeah, destruction. I
0: get that, but I think you've jumped ahead. The, the issue is whether he was even told. It's one thing to be told and then to ask well, for an yeah, investigation and make, well, but make sure that it, it is correct. But he says he wasn't even told. And investigating by the associate Press apparently has, bel- has said that the White House officials were aware as early as 2019 of this information. Yeah. It, it just maybe it, it's it's maybe. It challenges my my cred. I mean. Why wouldn't they want to make sure the president knew that, Ameri- that they had reason to believe American troops were being targeted? Because I mean, if
2: the information isn't credible, you don't float it out there. Because what if the president acts on it? But, but,
0: but that doesn't make sense, Jeffrey. I mean, I've been at well, the of international it makes lab, too, I've worked in international broadcasting. And, and you tell them, and then they make the decision to be able to determine whether and to get more information to make sure it's credible. I get that. But
2: But as I say, we've been down this road, and it ended very badly. That's exactly why you don't don't do
0: it. No, that does not make sense. That really does not. I would
3: just just like to say that the fact that the White House keeps blaming the media for, quote, leaking the information, to me, tells me that it is true and that he was briefed on it. That's like deflection 101. When something comes out that you don't want out, then you blame someone else for leaking it instead of dealing with the issue at hand. Also, the president said that this whole story is a hoax. We've heard that before, too. Every time he calls something a hoax, it turns out not to be a hoax. So, you know, if you look at certain cues that the White House is giving out, it's just unfortunate that we had soldiers who did die. And if this is true, it yet again underscores the president, this administration's connection with with Russia. What is that connection there? I mean, do they have something on him? Is that why he doesn't want to release his tax reforms? Is there something uh, connected with his money, with his businesses? I just think this is a deeper you know, a deeper story.
2: I, I think we, you know, we're launched into the area of conspiracy theories. But let's just take Joe Biden at his word. I want to know why he he was vice president of the United States for eight years. Now, Putin had agents travel to the United Kingdom and killed a Russian defector with a nerve agent, has interfering in Latin America with Maduro, sending missiles here and there, invaded, what do I want to say, right next to Russia there. My point is, where was the Obama-Biden administration? They didn't do anything. They didn't mm-hmm. do anything. Right. Yeah.
3: Well it's it. not a it's not a conspiracy himself. theory. And suddenly
2: now and suddenly now he's got concerns about Russia. So let's do it this way. Let's just say he's elected. So then I expect on the day after he's sworn in, he'll take revenge on Russia, he'll he'll get the CIA to kill Russian agents, he'll send lethal aid to Ukraine, he'll work with allies to get Russia and Cuba out of Venezuela. He'll withdraw from an arms deal. Is he gonna do any of that? Of course he won't do any of that. He didn't do any of that stuff when he was there.
3: I'd like to thank you, Jeffrey, for making my point because instead of dealing with the issue, you revert back to talking about the Obama administration. This has nothing to do with the Obama administration. There it, are sources it, it from the, the intelligence. Biden there are but there are sources from the intelligence agency that are saying that the White House was briefed on this back in February. So let's deal with that issue. If they were briefed back in February, why wasn't something done about it? That's really the issue at hand. Uh, Joe Biden did a press conference yesterday, and this is something he would know firsthand because he worked in the White House. And he said about the daily briefings that he received. Now, reports were told that President Trump doesn't really like reading the briefings. He prefers to be told them verbally. But even still, his administration had that information, and they did not act on it. And I really so hope and I believe is, that Congress is going to be investigating this because we need, you know, we deserve answers.
0: Well, well I Jeffrey, I would say that there are me, a lot of Republicans. What you're telling me that is that Joe Biden
2: had the information well, and did nothing. That's what you're right. telling me.
0: All right, we agree. All right, we've, we've got a problem over there. But I'm talking about now, Jeffrey. Now it looks like even the Republicans, I mean, I see uh, Cheney. Uh, is 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 really up in arms. They want this looked into. They want it investigated. I just think that it, right now, it looks like we all have to focus on what is Putin up to, at least finding it out. We can't ignore it. Don't you agree with that? Don't ignore oh, this. Yeah. Looks, don't you well look, I mean I get Putin you has- I'm not disagreeing with you about because I was there and reporting at the time with the with the weapons of mass discretion. So you are absolutely one thousand percent right there. But still, it needs to be investigated. It can't be swept under the rug. Sure, and- I, I'm that. all
2: I'm all for that. But, but right. listen, Putin has been has been making trouble for the United States through the Bush administration, the Obama administration, and now the Trump administration. There is nothing new here. He invaded Georgia. That's what I was trying to think of. He invaded Georgia yeah. in 2008 uh, when when President Obama came into office that that later that year. Did he, you know, say, let's invade Georgia and throw him out? No, no. He just rolled over and accepted it. So all of so that But,
3: but you're missing one important right. point, though. With the weapons of mass destruction with President Bush, at least he acknowledged that he received that intelligence. President Trump is acting like he knows nothing about this. That's the difference. That's a huge well, difference that he, we he may, can't ignore. You have, have to at it. least acknowledge you received the intelligence. When something doesn't go your way, you just don't say, oh, I didn't know.
2: But there well, is disagreement. And in that's the why intelligence he community. I, I was listening to my friend Katie McFarland, who for a while was the deputy national security advisor in the Trump era. And she's got a long history. She worked for Henry Kissinger, etc. She said, you don't automatically ship everything to the president. That intelligence has to be vetted before you give it to the president. And she said, clearly, this was not ready. I mean, well, so in five
3: months, so you're saying in five months, that information was embedded. You know, and besides when you're yeah, the president, yeah. well, but when you're president are... though, the buck, the buck stops with you. It's the same thing with this coronavirus pandemic. The buck stops with the president, as far as communication, as far as directives, executive orders, policies with the police reform. I mean, if you can't take the heat, then you shouldn't be in the position.
0: Well, let's let's move on now. Let I, it looks like we're not <laughs> gonna necessarily find agreement on this topic, but it's a it's a serious topic and I think even we agree that it's serious at, at this point needs to be looked into. But let's move let's move on to coronavirus, because we gotta talk about that before we close this out. And Pin Live did an editorial and it said the governor was right he was right to close it down he was right to try to get the virus under control and to slowly reopen because look we're in a better situation than many of these other states 30 other states are having rising numbers skyrocketing numbers but here we do have some concerns the cases as we have reopened the cases are starting to rise it's not as drastically as other places and now we're looking at a weekend a holiday weekend period where people may be rushing off to um you know, rushing off to beaches and to bars and all that, although they're closing down bars. Now, I don't know how you guys are feeling right now, but are we any closer to realizing that we've got to, we're, we're still in serious trouble with this virus,
2: Jeffrey? Yeah, I think we're going to have problems for a long time to come until, we, we you know, somebody out there finds a, a vaccine. I think it's going to ebb and flow. And I, I don't know any way around that. What we can't do is shut down the whole economy and bankrupt people and, I mean, people are killing themselves. I mean, this, this, I mean, I only know this because the guy was a celebrity of sorts. His name was Stephen Bing uh, and he was a, you know, a a billionaire and all of this kind of thing. And he had been married or had an affair with the fancy model there, Elizabeth Burley. Well, the guy hurled himself out of a building and killed himself. And the reason was that he was suffering from depression. That was brought on in part by being locked up all the time.
0: That may be true, Jeffrey. I got that. I got that. But there are also many tragic stories of people who've gotten infected with the coronavirus and have died. And
3: well, they are grandmothers, they are not. No no, I'm
0: not but saying you are saying masks. But we be you careful. are saying it, exactly that a shutdown when you're dealing with something that you don't know what it is and that it is spreading like wildfire, it is common sense to close it down until you can figure out what's going on. And, and we're not saying keep it shut forever, but you've got to get a handle on this. I mean, I know Rajat was one of the people urging for more moderation, right? I mean, so
3: I get that, but, you know- Well, you know, what I find ironic is that one of the pillars of the Trump administration was to, you know, keep people out of the United States, and now people are keeping us out. Oh, well, that's true. That's <laughs> because true. of the way that we mishandled this coronavirus situation, no European vacations for anyone, no Canadian vacations. It's amazing uh in that in in that sense. Yeah. The the bigger issue to me is that people won't wear a mask. If people would wear a mask, we wouldn't be in the situation we 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 are in. We wouldn't have to close everything down.
1: Well, you know, think
3: I you I, I was under on the, the mask. That thought I mean, that I would run out to restaurants and everything opened up. I right. went into one store last weekend. I walked in. Hardly anyone had masks on, and I turned right around and, walked <laughs> and out. I walked nice. and I walked out.
0: And you know, I mean, it's I establishment think you're in agreement on the mask thing because you're you're going out and and uh, you know making sure that you're you're covered in masks. But there's still an issue that the president isn't doing this. But I will tell you, I will tell you, Rajat, One of the things that concerns me about Biden is that you know. Where has he been really on this issue? I know he's recently come out with some things, but you know what? This was such an opportunity for Biden to step out and to make some statements and to show some way to be that dynamic leader. And I'm scratching my head. Why has he missed this opportunity? And where is he came to to, to Pennsylvania and didn't really contact him live? I mean, what is going on?
3: I think he's actually leading by example um he's not having any rallies uh, the, the democratic convention is going to be virtual they've to, uh, they told dancy has told all the delegates to stay home now obviously that's not going to be as exciting but it's it's, it's what's safe i think he's leading by example uh, yesterday well, at yeah, the press conference example has to he, show he, he's telling,
0: telling in times of crisis you've got to be he's able telling to everyone to, to connect with your voters and he
3: ain't doing it he ain't well, doing he's telling everyone but well, he's telling everyone to wear a mask now, he does do a lot, a lot of virtual town halls and there's commercials and stuff. And I, I understand that's not the same as person-to-person contact. But, you know, he's gonna, he has to campaign in a different set of circumstances. I, would, I honestly think he's leading by example. And I still say that if the election was held today, he would win. Because to me, he's the one that's showing the leadership. He's the one telling people to put the mask on. He's well, the one keep telling are, people. Is the president
0: still planning on his rallies? Is he going to do any more of that kind of stuff? I mean, has he learned any lessons on that?
2: Well, I think I'm correct that there was one plan for Alabama in the next week or so, and they've canceled it. Okay. Uh, or, and or is that postponing. a state
0: thing? Is that public health canceling? Or is that just because? I, them the, I, get mean, I imagine
2: do? that probably has something to do with it, yeah. But, okay. but here's my point about Joe Biden is this is working to his advantage, because he really does have a problem. He got out there. I mean, you saw both ends of the problem. First of all, the press didn't give him any hard questions. They just let him skate. But Joe Biden himself is standing there at the podium. Uh, uh, er, oh, uh, he, he's reading off things. He's not quite sure what's going on. You know, he gets the name of this wrong. He gets the name of that wrong. That's his problem. And so the best thing they can do is keep him in his basement and have scripted appearances, because once he's out, even under favorable circumstance like yesterday, he's going to make a mistake. I mean, he was right here in Pennsylvania the other day, and he says offhandedly that there's 120 million Americans have been killed by the virus. Well, he corrects himself. But hello. Hello. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And how often does President Trump
3: have to correct himself? Well, that's not true.
1: Donald
3: Trump, Trump just makes a lie. <laughs> he doesn't correct himself, but that. All right. So, but but the point is, I'm gonna
0: tell you guys. On both of these campaigns, I'm the opinion editor. I'm not getting much from the campaigns from from either one of these. I mean, I get a, a little nibble here and there, but it's like these something is happening that these campaigns aren't really revved up in in Pennsylvania. I can't figure well, out. Well, I what do. It, But they're not. I, they're not dynamic on 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 any side.
2: I I will say this in in defense of both of them. I do think that the virus knocked absolutely everybody off stride. Right right before the virus virus hit, I had dinner with a bunch of people from the Pennsylvania Trump campaign. Oh, man, chapter and verse. They were all set to go with this, that, the other thing. They were going here. They were going there. It all got wiped out. And I assume that that went on with the Biden campaign as well. So could everybody, be, it could be a right. and, and I've that. been in, and
3: that. I've been I'm part of meetings too, and everyone's trying to figure out how to maneuver through this pandemic. I mean, you can't even canvass and go door to door; if people don't want you at your door. So things are going to be very, very different.
0: Well, guys, we're going to have to wrap this up, but we can't wrap it up without having at least a two-minute conversation on what's happened, the continuation of the protests and the moves toward police reform, because, look, we had a town hall last night, Live did, and I gonna tell you, I was kind of blown away at the consensus, I mean, the real consensus, including from some high-level law enforcement and U.S. Attorney uh, Freed was there, that, look, yes, racism is systemic in the United States. That's like an acknowledgment now. And I I mean, from someone of my age who are hearing this, I'm sitting saying, yes, we really have come a long way. I don't know if any of you want to comment on that, but I am optimistic and maybe I'm just a namby-pamby optimist, you know, but I think change is really going to come. I think things are happening. Jeffrey?
2: Well, let me put it this way, considering what is coming up this weekend. I don't agree with, I mean, I think there are problems with Black Lives Matter in terms of their leadership. They're on on videotapes saying that they're trained Marxists and they're this and they're that and all this kind of thing. But just in general, I believe they have a right, as does everybody in America, to protest, whatever their cause may be. We're coming up on the 4th of July. And I think it's a good moment for everybody to reflect exactly what is being celebrated there. And one of the things that is being celebrated there is the right, the constitutional God-given right of Black Lives Matter or pro lifers or whomever to take their cause into the streets to protest, to set about winning elections. That's really what the Fourth of July represents. And we should all take a moment, raise a glass to it, and then get back to business.
0: Oh Jeffrey, you're making me cry. Thank you. Thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> all right, then, how can you top that one? That's a you know, Fourth of July speech there. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, the 4th of July means different things for different people. Um, But, you know, when it comes to the protests, I always say the same thing. It's about what happens after the protests. The Mm. protests must meet with policy. We must deal with the implicit biases that we live with every day. Again, wage disparity, employment, job disparity, housing disparity, uh, interest rates with just car insurance getting cars. Those are everyday issues that Black and other racial, major- major- um, racial minorities have to deal with on a daily basis. Uh, disparities in the education system. You know, for me, it's about what solutions are going to be put forth to try to correct those. Right. Uh, I want to see what the offices of these elected officials look like. It's not good enough for me to have a Black Lives Matter poster and a protest but you don't have anyone that looks at me that works in your office yeah good point. So you you know those are the things that I personally am gonna look for as we as we move forward, but you know I do wish everyone uh you know a very safe July fourth weekend. I do hope people stay away from the beaches that aren't closing <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I I do hope that everyone does stay safe uh, this holiday weekend.
0: Well, let me wish the same to both of you. You guys are, are great, uh, great debaters and good sports and civil uh, dialoguers, which is which is most important. And uh, I wish you a very happy fourth and uh, look forward to seeing you next week when, guess what? I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so with that, enjoy and uh, goodbye to our listeners. See you next week.
1: This was Battleground PA. Be sure to rate and subscribe to us so you don't miss a beat. Have an idea for an episode? Tweet us at Battleground PA or email us at topics at BattlegroundPA.org. Meanwhile, stay in the know between episodes on PenLive.com. Battleground PA is hosted by PenLive's opinion editor, Joyce Davis, and is produced by Penn Studios director, Salim Michelle McClough and edited by Martin Boutros. More info and past episodes can be found at battlegroundpa.org.